Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined virtually via Zoom as usual by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael like to discuss the most ubiquitous aspect of many topics. This week's topic was chosen by Michael and tell us what it is, Michael. Uh, it's the Mount Rushmore of dragons. Wow. Uh, and in, in parentheses fictional because I okay. just didn't I didn't want to get into like uh, – the Komodo dragon, because like oh, you're, okay. you're just a big lizard, like with a fancy <laughs> name. What about, the, what about the band Imagine Dragons? Is that Imagine okay? Dragons. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see you defend that. <laughs> I have, would have no defense of that whatsoever. And I, um, I think I chose this because we've been, um, you know, with our near near three year old now, we've been watching uh, Sleeping Beauty almost like on repeat. Oh. And uh, at some point, Maleficent, the uh, evil queen, turns into a giant uh, fire-breathing dragon. Mm-hmm. And so just this image of a dragon is, well, you know, pardon the pun, oh, yeah. seared into my head. And I thought, oh, what other fun dragons can we talk about? But also I thought, man, I, I just don't want to talk about being sick. And I don't want to talk about, like, being quarantined, oh, quarantined. our last yeah. two two episodes. So I thought a, a little bit of um, fantasy would kind yeah. of help us in our reality. Okay, I want to question, is it really fantasy? Because I would say more so than I'd say like a centaur <laughs> or a satyr right. or, or even a demon. I feel like a dragon feels like, yeah, we might have had those at some point. I don't know. I do like, I do like the idea of, you know, of someone finding like the bones of like a horse and a man that were crushed at the same time, and then they just started putting them back together, and they're yeah. like, I think it looks like that. Yeah. I, I have <laughs> and, been maybe, re- and maybe they did the same thing with, like, a, a dragon. You know, yeah. Is it like a dinosaur the- that fell on a pterodactyl or something somehow? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just smooshed together and, like, yeah, yeah, it had wings. Um, My yeah. son has a book that you can just kind of flip down the pages and make all these different creatures, like, like a rhinoceros and a platypus and, like, a dung beetle, and it's like, you oh. know, the... Right, platy eatle, and oh, he just flips and changes them around. I love the idea of like these, these, these wackos just doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the body of a snake and the head of a lion, and I don't yeah. know. Yeah, scorpion legs. Sure. Yeah. Do I get in the royal hall of of science now? <laughs> right. Uh, all right, man, Freddy. Well, one, one last right. thing. And, one thing. One, one last thing. Dragon. Sorry. Before before we get to Richard, oh. Oh, what one thing I do like about dragons is that like every culture has some sort of like either dragon myth or some sort of this idea of this great kind of serpenty other beast that's unknown. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's pretty interesting and in how that has kind of affected whether it's like fantasy literature or just cultural kind of uh, dragon type stuff. And, um, you know, it's all, they're all fictional dragons, um, until we, you know, delve down too deep and discover the one that really is underneath <laughs> there that we all know is there, but. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh, man, Freddie entered. All right. So, do you have anything else, Michael, or, or can we start? Oh, no, please, please. Uh, go, okay. go right ahead. Um, my first choice is, let me put it this way. We all remember Bing Bong from Inside Out. Oh, yeah. Remember mm-hmm. that character, everyone, yeah. everyone's favorite imaginary friend? Yeah. Well, it should be everyone's second favorite imaginary friend because their first favorite imaginary friend was probably Puff the Magic Dragon. 
There you go. Yeah. Um, song written by Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary and his uh, roommate at Cornell University, Leonard Lipton, who uh, came up with the uh, – has had this poem that he had to get out of his head, and he typed it up on a computer – or not a computer, on a typewriter. Um, and then years later, Peter Yarrow took the uh, poem and put music to it and got a hold of him out of the blue saying, hey, we're going to release this song that has your – that's basically your poem put to music. I'm going to give you half the songwriting credits. So he gets, you know, probably millions of dollars. He probably made millions of dollars over the year from years from this song. Wow. Um, and it's, you know, I think most people remember this song about little Jackie paper. Yeah. What a lousy last name. No wonder he didn't, no wonder he needed a, 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 a fictional, fiction, fictional place, an imaginary place to go. He probably got teased all the time because his last name was freaking paper. Um, but the little boy who has an imaginary friend called Puff the Magic Dragon, and they live there, they have adventures in this place called Hanalee, this island. And over time, Jackie Paper grows up and eventually starts to lose interest in Puff the Magic Dragon and eventually leaves him. And for a song that is so beloved, it's kind of a dark fucking song. I mean, it really is about like Puff the Magic Dragon um, being forgotten and sort of ceasing to exist because the kid who invented him doesn't remember him anymore. It's pretty oh, yeah. heavy. It's pretty yeah. heavy for us. It's pretty heavy for a song that I used to sing in kindergarten music class, <laughs> you know, and I remember there was a, there was a TV special that was Puff the Magic Dragon oh, yeah. and it's all kinds of messed up. Like the kid was actually Jackie Draper. Yeah. He had the, the Tommy from the, from, from the who's Tommy thing where he couldn't speak because of some psychological trauma. And the only way that he could communicate was, through this Jack making paper dolls of himself called Jackie paper and interacting with Puff. And it's just weird. Um, but, you know, I think it's an, and in, I think like you said, dragons are kind of stride this line between real and imaginary. And I, I would imagine that having an imaginary dragon would be something that a lot of kids probably had growing up. So I think this is a pretty representative example of, of dragons as feeling so real, even though they're not actually real, especially mm -hmm. to a little kid. Yeah. Do you feel like that? Uh, so I was introduced to some other fictional kind of a Tolkienian dragons in the 70s, but yeah. Puff might be the real 60s dragon. It seems like he's yes. definitely... Uh, the other side of the Harry Chapin Cats in the Cradle <laughs> yeah. story. But he is a, in this case, he's kind of a cautionary tale of never never grow so old that you don't have a little bit of whimsy in your heart and never uh, let these childhood friends, be they uh, fire-breathing uh, reptilian monsters or not, uh, go totally away and lose all your imagination. But I, I want to thank uh, uh, Barbara Howes and Stacey Marriott, uh, who are facebook supporters of the mount rushmore podcast who both said puff the magic good and then both uh stacy added both from the original and most recent I'm like what huh? was the most recent i didn't realize there was a most recent oh, i think drake puff. did a version of it yeah. oh yes <laughs> i could see so. snoop dogg but maybe <laughs> oh snoop yeah snoop would, i think snoop would 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 take the wrong message from puff the magic yeah. dragon though uh, 
I would also like to commend Lee Sandberg, who uh, did didn't really answer anything, but she said not puff. So oh, <laughs> cool. Well, I'm glad one. I could ruin it for you, Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Winfield, what's your first one? Well, my first choice, and you just alluded to it uh, in your and uh, w- with what you said, Jeff, was uh, a smaug. Smaug. A name oh, that is almost also, also on, on your list. Yeah. It's okay. a name that that is so. Um, Often difficult to say. I'm never sure if I'm saying it right. Is it smog? Is it smog? Is yeah. it? Uh, and you just, I, I, it's one of those names that I get angry at, like um, Tolkien um, literary people, like experts yeah. who I'm sure will chide any way you say it, and they will, it will always be wrong. But, yeah, when um, Stephen Colbert listens to this episode, he's gonna like, <laughs> write us an angry letter. I think the true historians would say it's not pronounced smog. It's pronounced Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Because that's what it was all about. Okay. Um, he's kind of like the fantasy dragon of record, you'd say. Uh, uh, if you don't know the story of The Hobbit, um, there is a nine-hour Peter Jackson version that is uh, really just kind of difficult to watch. It's, it's a slog. It is, it is so long. But the best part about it is definitely um, Benedict Cumberbatch coming in as like this um, – as the dragon when they finally get to um, the Lonely Mountain. But the stories of the these 13 dwarves, uh, along with Gandalf, uh, the wizard who um, who recruit uh, a hobbit named the titular hobbit, um, Bilbo Baggins, to be the burglar to help break into uh, the city of Erebor in the Lonely Mountain, where this giant dragon, Smaug, has um, basically stolen all of their gold and has been sitting on this giant hoard of gold and jewels and diamonds and yada 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 and they have to, to kind of steal it back and their encounters with him are um it's great because he's um he's like he's not just like a beast he's like a, he's very intelligent and cruel and greedy as well as being a powerful fire beating breathing dragon the size of you know to jumbo jets. And I think that just the, I do enjoy that with like fantasy novels, especially this one, that dragons aren't just animals, that they have like another sort of intelligence there of, they are a creature that is wholly different from a horse, so to speak. And um, I think you kind of see elements of that in, uh, other fantasy books and TV series and movies where these dragons are uh, like in Harry Potter, where they're just kind of like these these big animals. And I think it loses something from uh, a character like Smaug being mm-hmm. uh, like a fully realized character with like motivation. Yeah. So he is as um... – as sentient as he is powerful, he's somebody who has, I think of dragons as, depending on your folklore, um, ancient, they can live for thousands of years, and he's accumulated mm-hmm. as much intelligence and perhaps as much evil and as much ego as one could have attained throughout those years, too. That's Yeah. Yeah. Just think- the image of him, too, as like this you know, Scrooge McDuck-like <laughs> yeah. dragon sw- swimming and, and lazily uh, lounging on uh, you know, uh-huh. a pile full of gold is just, it's just delicious. Too. It's yeah. never explained what he's going to do with the gold. He just has it. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Like isn't that not, all? Isn't that all millionaires and billionaires? What do you? you, you yeah, not gonna... basically. Basically, he's like Jeff Bezos or something like that. He just has <laughs> a lot of money and he wants more gold to have it. Yeah. But well, mainly, he's happy sleeping on it. That is an interesting aspect, I think, of of fiction and fable and fantasy, is that really it's a lens through which to examine human behavior. And the dragon, in that case, uh, uh, having the the behavior of greed <laughs> makes right. it more more uh, uh, nefarious. So. Oh, we did have a, a mention of smog in here in our uh, crowdsource. I won't do this with every darn thing you mentioned, but uh, um, now I'm struggling to find it. And note to Jeff, who's editing this. Oh, yeah. Uh, Arno Stemmer um, did mention smog, and he was, I think, one of a few. So thanks, Arno. Uh, Michael, it's your turn to pick your second dragon. My second uh dragon is um king Ghidorah, the three-headed space dragon uh with giant bat wings and chief nemesis of godzilla in the godzilla family of films what a, what a good choice i was almost made my list i was i have mm -hmm. I, had, I had five that i had thought of really strongly and and this was between this and another one for my fifth my fourth so great choice um i like him because he's uh kind of opposite of smog how we just mentioned he always just comes in and just uh wreck shit up yeah <laughs> his only job is to come in and just blow things up and uh get to be these huge nasty fights with godzilla and destroy uh you know uh towns in japan and he's you know a space monster so he's destroyed other planets before and he's usually <laughs> he just comes in and just he just is just a uh, uh force and um i do like that um godzilla is the strange protector of earth even though he is also just kind of like this powerful force and he's just always trying to repel um be it rodan or mothra but in this case um king Ghidorah, and just to have that title is pretty is pretty awesome it's like king jerry lawler or something like that i'm not <laughs> sure what what uh what court of law or or uh, who exactly de deigned him to be king, but it's it seems to be official. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of my favorite appearances of uh, Ghidorah was in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure when uh, <laughs> they're they're riding. Um, Pee-wee gets his bicycle back and he's kind of riding his bike, being chased by security guards through like the Warner Brothers back lot, and somehow they're filming like a Godzilla movie on one of the stages and. Godzilla smashing through like you know miniature tanks and there's King Ghidorah like on wires and man in suit sort of level stuff uh, <laughs> and Pee-wee just kind of rides through and this thing swinging around haphazardly. Um, but he's just a great dragon, uh, you know. He's kind of has that um, Hydra nature with the three right. heads and I don't know if it, if if you cut one off if it would grow back in that same sort of style. Um, or if that was another one of Godzilla's um, enemies that would happen to. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would I would think that, you know, kind of like the old Greek myths, they probably borrowed a lot of from there. Yeah, they. I think mainly Godzilla just punted him whenever he got mad. That's <laughs> basically what happened. No, I love I love this pick. I love the fact that he is one of the few monsters in this kind of universe that 
almost never teams up with Godzilla at some point. Mm-hmm. It doesn't become like Godzilla and Mothra are buddies or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Um, he, Why he's... are we fighting? Yeah, <laughs> we could. Yeah, none of this. I think there's like I think there might be one Mothra movie where where he like comes to help him out, but that I think it might have been like one of the '80s ones where basically they just threw out any sort of backstory at that point. Would you consider yeah, like God? This. Would you consider Godzilla a dragon, or is he more of a dinosaur? I think you have to have wings to be able to be considered a dragon. Mm-hmm. I think wings and flight are at bare minimum. I would say you don't necessarily have to breathe fire, although it helps. What about that thing when Godzilla like stands on his tail and like zips across the land like like an asshole? <laughs> right. <laughs> Does Mecha King Ghidorah um, support this too? Is it do you, do you include him in this vision? Isn't there oh, a... in his in his industrial face? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he started listening to Nine Inch Nails. And... <laughs> this uh, a wiki, of course. I just going right to the wiki, and it said that at one point, um, uh, Ghidorah was meant. There was rumors he was meant to represent the threat posed by China, which had at the time of the character's creation just developed nuclear weapons. But the director denied it and said, "Nah, he's just a dragon. <laughs> he's just a cool <laughs> dragon." <laughs> uh, who's uh? I, I, as a young person, I, I think Ghidorah, I don't know why I bought Gamera, but did not buy Ghidorah. Like, Gamera was just a, a frisbee that they threw around the head of rockets on four sides of it. But wow. Um, and then, uh, but for some reason, I don't know, I think it was his three wobbly heads that were clearly kind of muppeted, muppeted from above um, that he never really, never really bought, bought it for me. That's Jeff's opinion. Sorry. <laughs> okay, then we are indeed at our halftime, and uh, want to thank you. So thanks for listening to us. I know you don't have that much spare time. No way, you've got all the time in the world. But we appreciate you using that some of that on the Mount Rushmore podcast. Uh, want to invite you to use some of the free time that you may have. You don't normally. Uh, to go on to our social media sites and, and give us suggestions as to topics you'd love to hear us tackle. And, you know, uh, previous suggestors have become participators in the podcast by guesting on the show. You need not, but it might happen. So you could do that by going to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you could also comment and let us know where we messed up in past episodes, what we should have sunk up, what we didn't think. And then you could also, while you're at it, go ahead and download, rate, review past episodes on all the different places that you can find our podcast, which is all the different podcast places. And with that, I think we are back, and it's got to be Richard. It has got to be me. It's got to be Richard. Jeff? Sir? Who's your friend when things get tough? Oh, wow. Uh, let's see. My wife? My loving wife? No, it's H.R. Puffin stuff. H.R. Puffin stuff. Yay. <laughs> so that is, my, that is my third choice is H.R. Puffin stuff. Oh, uh, cool. The lead character and titular character from a show that only only lasted like 17 episodes. For some reason, right? I thought that it, it lasted at least two or three seasons. Oh, wow. But it had a very limited run, but made a very strong impression on the consciousness of, mm-hmm. of America. Mm-hmm. I think those Sid and Marty Croft shows... They tended to just to throw them out for like 12, 15 episodes and then quickly move on to something else. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't now know that... what the reasoning is behind that, but 
that is now that's a Mount Rushmore topic. Mount Rushmore of um, small number, big impact, something yeah. or others. I, I I have been reading a book about the filmation animation studio and mm-hmm. realizing there was only about seven episodes of the uh, Super Friends <laughs> and kids just don't care. Just repeat them over and over again. I remember as a kid when I realized, oh, this is the one where the the, the Booger Monster fights them. I would I would get excited because I knew it. You know, I was gonna see it again. Sure. So uh, yeah, there was about ten episodes of the Batman Tarzan Power Hour. <laughs> I think Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, there's about four episodes. And yeah. Electra Woman and Diana Girl, there was like one episode. They just played ever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, why did you choose this? Um, because the show is so weird. Um, I remember it sort of by, there was a, the, the local independent station had a block that was just half hour or an hour of rotating Sid and Marty Croft shows yeah so hr puff and stuff would come on from time to time and even in a world of of fuck upness that sid marty croft shows are this was pretty weird oh yeah trippy crazy yeah, yeah i mean you know to the point where again much with puff the magic dragon mm-hmm. uh, people assumed that hr puff and stuff puff and stuff was yeah. a reference to uh, marijuana which sid and marty croft have denied uh-huh. On regular, on regularly on many occasions, um, but you can see looking at this like six foot tall, kind of like chintzy looking dragon with like this giant head and a mop of red hair. Yeah, and he speaks in a southern accent, even mm-hmm. though, even though uh, Jimmy the kid is British. Yeah, if what a, it's, I, I think it's the symbol of a dragon as. I think the best way to describe this, it's the symbol of a dragon as a, almost like the way a kid would draw one. Yeah. Right. Like if you're, if you had like a three-year-old and you ask him to draw a dragon, mm-hmm. it might look a little bit like HR Puff and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just bits and, and pieces, red, big red globs here and there. Yeah. And, and then you were, look at it and you're like, okay, yeah. That nice looks dragon. like a dragon. That's a great dragon. You did so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, That's like, exactly what. Like, what it was like. a crocodile or was it an alligator? I forget who. There was other characters. It was what a person. It's like what this what suit they had, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Right. There's a frog. There's yeah. A, there's a frog that that there are the two like uh, uh, hamburglar looking. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Cop, cop things. Yeah. 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 It, 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 cling and clang. Mm-hmm. And he had a the the kid had Jimmy had a magic flute. Yeah, that Witchy Poo was always trying to get. Um, it's just a messed up show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What uh, I would would say that many people agree, and I think that was probably one of the leading responses for the crowdsource. Tom Gibbous, HR Puffin stuff, um, Janet Campbell, HR, 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 Human Resources Puffin stuff. Um, we know what HR stood Aaron for, Aaron. right? HR no. stood, stood for Henry Rollins. Not a lot of people know that. That's where he got his name from. Rene Ruiz. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people were very much impacted by HR Puff and stuff. Uh, that is an interesting aspect, too, because it seems like Sid Marty Croft did borrow from – it felt like European at some point. And then it, it, and as a young person, I encountered 
the HR Puffin stuff about the same time I encountered the McDonaldland series of commercials, uh, the campaign that had the <laughs> right. Hamburglar and Mayor McCheese. And so Ronald was kind of kind of cut from the traditional cl clown kind of format. But then all these crazy characters that they had there. Grimace, who was just – and Grimace, you know, originally had four arms, I think, like that. But Yeah. And later on I did learn that um, – uh, Sid and Marty Croft were wooed by McDonald's to create the campaign, the McDonaldland campaign, and they wanted too much money. So McDonald's said, screw it, we're going to do it ourselves. And then later on, Sid and Marty said, screw it, we're going to sue you for doing yes. exactly the same characters that we do on our show. Even the Ice Capades had, had decided instead of the Sid and Marty Croft characters, they were going to start using the McDonaldland characters. Yeah. That was apparently like the final <laughs> straw. That's hilarious. So what uh, – do you were you a fan? Did you because there were some things as a kid that I watched, but I even knew at the time this is kind of weird. Yeah, no, I think it didn't start coming. Uh, I think they didn't have that block on my local independent station until I was like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, so I was certainly past the point of innocent childhood wonder uh -huh. with it, and I think I was looking at it more as, wow. Little sixties, early seventies were a weird time. Oh yeah, oh, I think yeah. that was more what I got out of it than anything else. Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. Um, Winfield, you did say this was on your list, did it? Did no, I actually it? I have such a um, just personal block of any of like the Sid and Marty Croft shows. Like I can, I can, I've probably seen one, yeah. something or other. I have no like. The only memory I have is like pop other people making pop culture references yeah. to this. So yeah. I have like a wealth of like information or knowledge or visuals from people talking about it, but I have no like firsthand. I, it just, mm -hmm. it, it didn't hit me. I mean, I was definitely a, if I was stuck inside on like a Saturday, it was like all Gilligan's Island. Yeah. When I think what, of whatever it was, it's just like, I can, I can tell you what happened in like every episode. Yeah. Of Gilligan's oh yeah. Island. Do you remember Gilla the Gilligan where they went to Dracula's castle or something? It was something that they showed so rare. You would see the it wrong was, way Wainwright was like over a, and over again. A mad, yeah, it was a mad scientist uh, castle. Like he was someone was abducting, and then Gilligan had to go and rescue him somehow. Yeah. I almost thought they were fumigating their island set that week, and they had to go shoot at Universal Studios or something like that. Uh, oh, man. They managed okay. to get off that island pretty often. Yeah, they, they did. Um, uh, which it was the animated? It, it, yeah, uh, when Curly. Sorry, Neal Richard. We, we, hi, we hijacked HR Puff and stuff. Sorry, and sorry. We're yeah, now we're talking I'm, about I'm, the Globetrotters. Yeah, we're off. Yeah. Uh, off. We're off. We're off in yet another uh, Gilligan's Island uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> digression. Um, do you remember Skipper? I, I bring this up all the time. Skipper would look right at the camera. <laughs> No, none of the other actors would. Alan Hale Jr. would just every once in a while do a take and just look right into the camera. And I was a kid going, what the fuck is going on here? Like, he knows? Skipper knows. Skipper knows. Skipper, Skipper knows he's on a show. Nobody else does. Uh, Winfield, what's your third? Well, I'll stay in the 60s with a, a 1960s dragon. And this is um, the comic book character of Fin Fang Foom. Oh, Wow. Created by Stanley in 1961. I mean, you know, one of the many that Stanley created, and he's on my list um, 
basically for one reason. And he's just this, I'm going to double down on like space dragons. He's a giant space dragon uh, that came to earth to, I'm sure try to enslave it or destroy it. And he just wears giant purple underpants. And um, you got to respect a guy that can pull that off. <laughs> um, Do you feel like, like Stanley entered the superhero era, but then still had a bunch of monsters left over? <laughs> like he went in like, well, well, sure, we got Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, but there's this thing called Fin Fang Foom that I want to do. <laughs> Come well, on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, his origin story for the name of this guy is as Stan Lee as possible. And uh, this, is, this is just reading straight off of Wikipedia. So let me read this real quick in the voice of Stan Lee. Uh, when I was a kid, I loved going to the movies. When I say kid, I mean 10, 11, 12 years old. And there was one movie I'd seen. I remember nothing about it except the name. It took place in China, I believe. And the name of the movie was Chu Chin Chow. Now, <laughs> oh, no. I have no idea what it meant. My apologies, I listeners. I, yeah. I don't know if it was somebody's name or a country or a city, but I never forgot that name. Those three words just stuck in my memory. Chu Chin Chow. So when I was looking for the name of a monster, I remembered Chu Chin Chow and that particular meter that beat somehow led to fin fang foom that was from a 2005 interview and that is everything you need to know about stanley yeah and i guess chu chin chow was a like 19 um uh uh like a broad not a, a broadway play a uh, uh a london play that was kind of um uh based on uh alibaba and the 40 thieves and was it when you know when things happened at kind of around the turn of the century, you know, as we all remember, uh, where there was a lot of just like learning about other cultures in a very vulgar way. Oh yeah, right. Whether whether it was Native Americans and appropriate appropriation of of imagery and Chinese culture and just well, no like matter a lot what. Of it, that. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Come to the World's Fair and see the Zulus yes. and their native, native yeah. Yeah. habitat, that sort of thing. Well, I, I guess it was just like, you know, like a comedy farce play, you know, from 1917 or whatever. And, um, yeah, just the origin of this ridiculous space dragon. And, you know, he's just like any other space dragon. He's got super strength and flying powers, and I'm sure he has some sort of blasts that he can shoot out with his mouth or rays and he's trying to you know enslave the human race as all dragons from space want to do and he's fought with the fantastic four and he's fought against iron man and teamed up with the mandarin another troubling name for a character oh yeah uh but i just i just love i think what i think is interesting is probably because they made him a talking character, they probably felt that they need to put underpants on him. I bet if he was just a dragon, they just wreck shit. Yeah. They'd probably leave him, you know, yeah. un, uh, unclothed. But probably just having to have him speak and have personality, I bet they thought, you know what? We got we to gotta cover him up on his downstairs business. So who would win in a fight? Him hmm. or King uh, of the Space Dragons? Space him Dragons. Yeah, him and King or the King. Uh, I think the King. I, you know, Fin Fang Foom is great, but uh, 
I think I think it's kind of lightweight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Listeners, if that's enraged you, please uh, go online (laughs) and state your opinion. Pick it up with Stan Lee. I didn't do it. I'm just I'm reporting the news here. Stripperella would win. Um, The news. (laughs) Okay, Manfredi, what is your? Is this your? This is my fourth. Yes, sir. And my last one is the dragon from the uh, seminal 70s through 90s game show, Tic Tac Doe. Whoa. <laughs> this is incredible um, big. Wow. There's a, there a bonus game where it's called Beat the Dragon starting in 1978. <laughs> That's and awesome. there would be different numbers on the board. Um, or there'd be different numbers on the board and behind the numbers they would have a computer screen, so if you pick two, it would go to whatever was behind the screen, and normally it was cash or O's or X's or the word win. There would be, like, the grand prize. But there was one one guy lurking out there, and that was the Tic-Tac-Toe Dragon. Hmm. And if you chose it, it did a whole two animations, where it Ooh. went from being filling up some of the screen and looking very scary and angry to filling up all of the screen and looking exactly the same. Oh. Uh, the, because apparently this was like the first use of uh, computer animation in uh, game shows. Was the Tic-Tac-Toe Dragon. Wow. And I remember, and it would make like a roar sound. And I was probably four or five when I first saw this show. <laughs> and e- eating tic- bacon sandwiches in a, <laughs> in a mud pit. And I'm in a mud pit eating eating <laughs> eating tar for for candy, <laughs> and I just remember being as one of, one of my first memories is is seeing the tic tac toe dragon and being and, and running out of the room screaming crying because it scared think, me so much. Do you think the tic tac toe dragon and um, the whammy from Pressure Luck would go out <laughs> for drinks afterwards and be like, man, I spent all day hiding behind these letters and buttons, and <laughs> I just need to vent. Oh, yeah, these, I love these, that. Idiot get these idiot players, man. They kept they kept finding me. They should have stopped. They should have stopped. <laughs> I want to read your fan fiction about the prices, right? Uh, mountain climber. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, great pick. Okay, uh, what's that one's so final, funny. What's your final one, Winfield? Uh, I wanted to end on a high note with a a nice dragon, a good guy dragon. All my dragons are like. kind of evil or bad or invaders. So I thought of um, Falcor from uh, The NeverEnding Story. Oh, cool. Who is um, a luck dragon. It's kind of more in line with the uh, more Chinese-style dragon that kind of has a serpentine sort of body. Um, I don't think it really has wings. It can just kind of fly by dragon power. Huh. And, magic. Um, it flies by magic. Basically, and um, uh, he's just this incredibly, as the name uh, uh, says, uh, lucky dragon that is very helpful to uh, the main characters in the in the the novel and in the movies, um, Atreyu and um, Bastion. Um, he flies around, gets him from place to place. Uh, in the book, I guess he's obviously a bit more fleshed out and kind yeah. of. Um, the image of him is probably more in line with what it, like a Chinese uh, 
or, or Asian um, dragon would be uh, kind of has like more of a lion's head. Um, and in the, in the movie, the 1983, four, five, I don't know when it came out. He kind of looks like a big grandma's dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he still has the same scales and claws and there's something so strange and odd about his look that I thought, oh, God, he's just so intriguing as a dragon, but it's kind of within the same, you know, it's like when you see like uh, all the different species of like dinosaurs to get back to dinosaurs, you know, a T-Rex looks so vastly different from a Triceratops and so vastly different from a, I don't know, like a Diplodocus or whatever, but they're all part of the same. You all recognize them as dinosaurs. And I think that just like, the Chinese serpent version of a dragon is so different from kind of like the European myth, you know, medieval mm -hmm. uh, dragon sort of creature. And so different from the uh, video game uh, 1970s yeah. behind a scoreboard whammy creature <laughs> um, that I don't know. I just thought that he, it was, in, it was interesting to have like a, I thought a good dragon, I don't know. You don't see them. They're always they're always terrifying. But when one is like a good guy, I thought that was pretty. Yeah, cool. One of the ones I could think of would be Toothless from the How to Train Your Dragon series. Mm -hmm. I haven't Which, seen those. Are they? Oh, they're, they're great. They're they? really good. Like I mm -hmm. remember seeing, going to see the first one in the drive-in, and it was sort of like, yeah, okay, it's DreamWorks, so I'm I'm always going to mm -hmm. hit and miss on their stuff. Yeah, and it was fantastic. And the second mm -hmm. one's really good too. I haven't seen the third one yet, so I can't comment on it. Um, but I know I really like the first two. And Toothless basically um, does a face turn at the start of the first, you know, in the first movie. Not to mm. spoil it too much, but yeah, no, Toothless is another another good guy dragon. But you're right, there aren't that many of them. They're kind of, you know, I I, I think they're either seen as sort of these lovable oafs half the time. Mm -hmm. Or mm. they're like these scary, frightening things that will burn you to a crisp. Mm -hmm. I will say that, that um, Leslie Gauger chose Falcor. There were a lot of Falcor loyalists who were kind of, when they chose him, they're kind of like, duh, Falcor, of course. And Star <laughs> Newman chose Falcor. So with a lot of Falcor uh, supporters out there, as well as Toothless, too, uh, a whole lot of people um, chose that uh, character, too. Jeff. So. Yeah. Jeff, you forgot to mention all the people who who all mentioned the uh, the press the uh, tic tac toe dragon. That's right, all the people. <laughs> how many how many people are their names again? Uh, I'm still, you know, the the post well, is still up there. So if you're hearing this now, go add the tic tac toe dragon to the list. Um, a week or so after it was mentioned. Okay, so you guys have each entered your choices, and, and you're I would all imagine, wrong. I would imagine. Oh. Did everybody choose wrong. like? Did everybody choose like the Game of Thrones dragon? The well, game, yeah. a lot of Game of Thrones dragon, but I'm not going to pick that one. I'm going to pick uh, Steel Dragon, as submitted by Murray Valeriano, former kickball team um, uh, compatriot, former guest of the show, former guest of the show, Steel Dragon. Uh, is that the? What is that? That's the band that Mark <laughs> Wahlberg sang for. Oh, okay. Good. Okay, I, uh, I, I did. I did briefly think about the last dragon yeah. as a choice, but uh, um, there was a 
good friend of ours and friend of the show and a person who uh, we all know and love, Paul Lurie, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yep. Sure, of uh, course. Yeah. Uh, who fought uh, Randy the Macho Man Savage in WrestleMania 3. Um, so we're going to go with go, – Go ahead. Anyone go with Don the Dragon Wilson? Yes. Martial arts star? Yes. Somebody chose Don the Dragon Wilson. Uh, I, let me look it up who it was. I'm not seeing it right now. Um, someone also cho- shows Daryl Dragon, who was the <laughs> captain from Captain and Tennille. Oh, that's great. So that's, that's going really on the good. board, Daryl Dragon. Yep. And, that's uh, really good. Ollie, the Bucktooth Dragon from Kukla Fran and Ollie, uh, struck fear into the hearts of public uh, broadcast uh, audience members. Um, and. Uh, so Scott Jones chose the one from Dragon's Lair. Uh, if you can mm. remember mm-hmm. losing money in that game, that was oh, played we, off. We've talked about what a piece of shit that game was. I believe oh. if it's the video, I believe if you go back to the video games that broke your heart episode. Yeah, yeah. Might have been oh, the is that season it? one? Yeah. Oh, was that the dragon? Was that the dragon from Dragon's Lair or the dragon from Dragon Slayer? Dragon's the, the Lair. I the video game. Scott and Andy Morton are referring to Singe from Dragon's Lair. Okay. The Lair of the Dragon. Um, so, uh, yeah. So those are the winners. Nothing you guys mentioned. Oh, we got zero. You know, no, you guys each got oh. zero. Uh, if this were a game show. <laughs> we got whammied. <laughs> just this is, is this the episode of remote, of remote Control where they got so mad at all the contestants they just got rid of them after <laughs> yeah. the first break? <laughs> Um, now nah, what the hell? Let's uh, let's let's go with um, let's go with these choices. Uh, Fin Fang Foom because uh, Stanley's the best. Um, let's go with uh, HR Puffin stuff because um, you ruined my childhood with your trippy crazy stuff. Uh, let's go with Tic Tac Doe, and and why don't we just uh, do Smog because it was uh, somebody you both liked. So. Uh, and Jen, my wife, is right now typing RuPaul's Dragon Race, which, uh, <laughs> come on, baby, come on. Not sure. <laughs> I don't remember seeing that. That's. I don't know. No. I don't know. That's to be debated. So this has been the Mount Rushmore of Dragons. Uh, I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. And soon. And soon.